This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. I know there's a guy out there, Brian, in the audience, who will love my first selection. He wrote to me a few days ago to thank me for playing the Cisco Kid. Well, hello, Brian. He wrote, hello, Frank. Wow, thank you. You certainly know how to cheer up a guy after that Game 7. I very much appreciate the shout-out. I wish I'd known I would have taped it for my kids. They would have liked that. May is my birth month, so your timing is perfect. Well, Brian, it sort of touched me that you said, and I quote, and yes, as corny as those Cisco poncho lines are, I still get a giggle out of the show. And yes, always feel a bit like being 11 or 12 again. Well, I've tipped off Brian this time, so I hope that that tape is rolling as we hear the adventure of the Cisco kid and poncho and what sounds to be an intriguing show, Poncho and the Parrot. Cisco Kid, Poncho and the Parrot. When the railroad came to the old Southwest, land swindles increased. Struck by the fever for gold or for new land and new opportunities, men would buy anything, sometimes sight unseen, and the results were often tragic, now and then hilarious. Our story opens in the tiny railroad station and post office in the town of Dixon Flats. Cisco and the faithful Poncho are just entering. Buenos dias, Senor Matthews. Uh, morning, Cisco. Howdy, Pancho. Buenos dias, Senor. Well, you two been camping around Dixon Flats for quite some time now. See, si, we have, Senor. We like this little town. It's very nice. I'm told you have a letter for me, Senor Matthews. Your son came to our camp last evening. Yep, I have, Cisco. I'd have given it to the boy to take out to you, but I didn't know if you were there. Here she is. Ah, gracias, senor. Oh, I beg your pardon. Watch where you're going, stranger. Next time I will. What time does the train get in, Matthews? If she's on time, she'll be here in five minutes. 
Meeting somebody, Mr. Patterson? That's none of your blame business, whether I am or not. Who is that hombre, Senor Matthews? Pancho not like him neither. Pancho think he look like a coyote. Yeah, I figure he is a coyote too, Pancho. His name's Patterson. Ed Patterson. He lives over in Adobe City. Comes over here once in a while, look over his property. Owns a sight of land around here. He owns it outright, senor? I believe he does, Cisco. Say he's got lots of influence back in Washington. Well, his manners could be better. Come, Pancho, we'll sit down and read this letter. Cisco, read it to Pancho, huh? You know Pancho, not can read. Easy. Si, si. Oh, it's from our old friend, Senor Sampson. Oh, Senor Sampson. <laughs> he go back east a long time ago, huh? He left a large amount of money and went back to get it and never returned. What did he say? What did he say? Well, just a moment, Pancho. Wait, wait. I read it. Uh-huh. Some good friends of his name, Morris, his father and daughter, are coming here to Dixon Flats very soon. Uh, what does this voice say today? There, that, those two. There, get your big finger off the letter so I can see. That way I can see that what he say. They say Senor Morris has bought land here. Says he thinks Senor Morris may have been swindled. He not think we swindled Senor Morris, Cisco? No, 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 Pancho. He knows we do not swindle people. No, we don't swindle people. He merely asks that we do all we can to help Senor Morris. And... Oh. What, 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 He suspects that the hombre Patterson is the man who may have swindled him. Pancho, I am sure we are going to have trouble with that hombre. <laughs> Almost there, Dad. Hmm? Huh? Almost there. Why, to Dixon Flats, where we're going. I wish you wouldn't interrupt me, Stella. I'm right in the midst of tracing our descent from Richard the Great. I'm sorry, Dad, but you'd better put that book away and start getting our things together. On your mark, get set. My body lies over the ocean. For heaven's sake, cover up that parrot. That squawking's getting on my nerves. But it's so hard if I cover him. Really, Dad, you're awfully impatient. I don't mean to be, daughter, but I'm anxious to get there and get settled and return to my genealogical studies. It doesn't help to growl and grumble. I just hope we find everything the way Mr. Patterson represented it. It should be fun living in a town of 3,000 after living in Chicago so long. Your health should be better out here, too, Dad. Uh, what did I do with the deed to that property? It's in your suitcase. I'm dying to see the house. Five rooms, think of it. It doesn't say anything about a house in the deed. No, but Mr. Patterson said there was one. Ought to be a good one for $3,000, all the money I had. But we've also got 500 acres of land. $6 an acre? I call that pretty good. Here we are, Dad. Dixon Flats! Dixon Flats! Help me, Robert, please! Stella, cover up that confounded parrot, Briggs. All right. I hope that yelling of his isn't an omen. Hey, Ed. Ed Patterson. Now, what do you want, Gus? That land this whole old Morse has got gold on it. What? What are you talking about? Nobody ever hit gold around here. There's gold there. I saw it. Look. Look at them nuggets. Thunder, it is gold. Sure it is. Washing down the creek, and that's on their land. I've just been out there making sure the boundaries for you, like you said to do. You better have a look at that. Come on, then. I was waiting to see if Morrison came in on this train. Thought maybe he'd get the scourge after he saw what he bought, and I could buy that land back again for 50 cents and a dollar. And then sell it again, huh? Yeah, to some other sucker for six dollars an acre. Yeah, but that can wait. Come on, show me where that gold is. <laughs> 
let's keep an eye out for the senor and the senorita, Pancho. Pancho, Cisco, buddy. Look, Cisco. No, no, no. That is on the locomotive, amigo. They're not right there, Cisco. No, no. Just the engineer and the fireman right on the locomotive. 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 Pancho think that motive loco, all right? Big black dirty thing. There, there. Wait, wait, wait. Might be Senor Morris and his daughter. They're standing there looking around. Oh, see, see. What the senorita got in her hands, Cisco? Oh, might be a parrot cage, Pancho. Parrot cage? Pancho never hear of a parrot. What a parrot? It's a bird, amigo. We'll tell you more about it later. Come, let us make ourselves known to them. I beg your pardon, you are Senor Morris? That's who I am, mister. You are a friend of Senor Sampson? Walter Sampson? See. Yes, we know Walter Sampson well. I have here a letter from Senor Sampson asking us to be of help to you in any way possible. Oh, how nice. I am known as the Cisco Kid, and this is my compañero, Pancho. Well, how do you do? This is my daughter, Stella. How do you do? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you will like it here. I think we will, only where's the town? You are looking at the town. Four houses, one barn, two chicken houses, one store, one depot, too many peoples. I mean... <laughs> That's all there is of it? See, si, senorita, you were expecting it to be bigger? We were told it was a town of 3,000 people. It begins to look as if we were taken in, Stella. Dear, this isn't even a crossroad. Well, we will see what we can do. You have a map of your property, senor? Yes, right here in my pocket. The deeds in my suitcase. Can we go and look at the property right now, Cisco? I want to know the worst as soon as possible. Very well, senorita. Although it may turn out to be better than you think. Uh, Pancho, take the birdcage from the senorita. Thank you, Pancho. Also, take that suitcase. I will take the others. Let's leave the package in the depot. This could say a bird in here, senorita. It's my parrot, Pancho. Huh? His name is Oswald. My father bought him from a sailor. He's got quite a vocabulary, too. Quite a vocabulary? Because of vocabulary? But he just won't use it when anybody's looking at him. Uh, uh, vocabulary. <laughs> that must mean his beak. Eh? Put the things down here, Pancho. It'll be all right. Will they not, Senor Mathis? Yes, so, Cisco. But I'm going home to dinner in a minute. Well, will it be all right if Pancho stays here while you are gone? Yeah, sure thing. Then you stay here, Pancho, and keep an eye on the package. Yeah. Senorita, you can ride with me on Diablo, and you, Senor Morris, can ride on Loco if Pancho does not mind. Pancho not mind. Pancho, stay here and take a little siesta. You are ready, senorita? Yes, just as soon as I uncover the parrot. There, Oswald. Now it'll be cooler for you. And Pancho's here to keep you company. Pancho's so sleepy. Now she can keep the eyes open. Somebody say something? Um, Pancho think he hears somebody. No, it must be wrong. Nobody here. Yeah, Pancho wrong. Wah, wah! Get by to repel borders! Help, 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 help! What'd you say? Pancho help, Pancho help. Santo, Pancho hears somebody call for help. Did you hear that, Aswell? Pancho, that could be dreaming. Pancho might be dreaming. Pancho tried to go to sleep again. Hold on, boys. Everything, everything. Pancho hears somebody then. See, see, somebody right in this room. But nobody here. Pancho look under these benches. Burn your sail, mate. Put it in the middle. Madre mia, where'd that come from? Atwell, tell Pancho. Where'd you hear that voice, huh? Where'd it come from? Pancho not know how anybody speak, but nobody here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Behind the counter. 
unconscious and he caught on him. What? 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 Joe was right, Gus. There's gold out there and lots of it. Fine time for me to be finding it out. You can get that land back, Ed. I aim to get it back, Pronto. This has got them people out there looking at it now. There must chance they'll come across that gold, though. I ain't worrying about that. The old man will probably take 50 cents on the dollar. I ain't taking any chances, Gus. I'm going after the deed to that property. Oh. Chances are they left their baggage in the depot. Didn't have any other place to leave it. Yeah. Matthews goes home to dinner about this time. We'll take a look in through the window on this side of the depot first. Oh, boy. Oh, there. Oh. Oh. Now we'll see. Nobody in there, Gus. There's the baggage. Come on. This is going to be easy, Ed. It sure is. What in thunder is that? Oh, it's that parrot. Never mind him. Let's get them suitcases open. I'll open this one, Ed. Hey, this looks like the deed right here on top, huh? Yep, that's what it is, Gus. <laughs> Old Ed Patterson's got his deed back. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Aren't you had enough? Aren't you had enough? What are you talking about, Ed? I don't know. Don't make any difference. I've got what I was after, and that's all that counts. Let's close up these suitcases. Come on, get out of here. And when old man Morris comes back, I'll ask him for his deed and see what he's got to say. So, the land is not so bad as you thought it would be, senorita. No, I rather like it, Cisco. How about you, Dad? Oh, one place is as good as another to me. No question, though, but what we got swindled. That is unfortunately true, senor. You say it was Senor Patterson who searched the land? That's his name, Cisco. Did he misrepresent the property through the mails? No, he called to see us on a trip back east. Well, how did he know of you? He advertised some land in the eastern papers, and I answered the ad. Then you have no way of proving it to be a swindle. I'm afraid not, Cisco. We'll just have to make the best of it. If only there was a house on it, some place to live. Oh, I'm sure we can find a place for you to live until such time as you build. Perhaps with the Senora and Senor Matthews. They are fine people. I would like to have a look at your deed there, sir. We'll look at it right now, Cisco. Here's the depot. Oh, there. Oh, oh, oh. Here, I'll help you down, Senorita. Thank you, Cisco. There you are. Something in your deed might prove this to be a swindle. Come on. Where's Pancho? 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 Pancho had enough. Pancho had enough? What does that mean? Probably Pancho was talking to Oswald. See, possibly. Also, Pancho may have got hungry and got to get something to eat. Stella. Stella, this deed's gone. What? It's gone. Look, it was right there. Yes, it was. I packed that suitcase myself. Dad, that Pancho. Oh, now, senorita, Pancho would not open the suitcase. I'm not so sure. We don't know him. We don't know you either. Dad, these men are in league with Patterson. I'm sure they are. Unless Cisco can find that deed, it's going to be very hard to prove that he and Pancho are innocent of stealing it. 
Also, that Patterson did steal it. scared out of his wits by Stella Morris's talking parrot, left the railroad station in a hurry, Ed Patterson came in and stole the deed to land which he had sold to Stella's father. When the Morrises returned and found the deed missing, they blamed Poncho and suspected Cisco. Now... It's perfectly clear, Dad. Cisco suggested that Poncho stay here and guard our luggage so Poncho could steal the deed. But, senorita... Don't talk to me. I don't even want to speak to you. Senor Morris, Pancho did not steal that deed. Pancho would not steal anything. He does not know the meaning of the word. Then where is the deed? I do not know. I only know that Pancho would not steal it. He would not even open your suitcase. Cisco, Cisco, uh, Pancho sees you come, and Pancho run all the way here. Uh, there's a ghost in here. A ghost? A ghost. She sees a ghost. What are you talking about, Pancho? There is no such thing as a ghost. Um, Pancho hear him, Cisco. Pancho not see him, but he hear him. What? Uh, Pancho had enough. Did you hear that, Cisco? That is a ghost. That is not a ghost, Pancho. That is the parrot talking. The, 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 the parrot talking? That bird talking? Hey. Santo, Pancho think that worse than a ghost, a talking bird. Adios, Cisco. Come back here. There's nothing unusual about a talking parrot. What about my deed, you? Me? Yes, you. You stole the deed to my land out of this suitcase. Pancho think they're mistakes, senor. Pancho not steal anything. And Pancho not here after that. That bird start to talk. Don't believe him, Dad. We'll take this matter to the police. What police? Hey, let us go to the sheriff and talk it over with him. Oh, wait, wait. Let's say Patterson. Howdy, Mr. Morris. Howdy, miss. Hello. I uh, meant to meet you at the train, but I got delayed. You swindled us on that land, Patterson. You told us it was right on the edge of a town. You said there was a good house and buildings on it. Well, I was just going to explain that, Mr. Morris. I got it mixed up with another deal. Your place is over near Adobe City. You mean that there's a house on it? It's the way you described it to Why, us? Why, sure thing, miss. As soon as your father hands me back the deed I gave him, you get the matter all straightened out. Well, I... Uh, you see, uh, my deed's just been stolen, Patterson. Stolen? Yes. And my daughter and I were just questioning these men here... Oh, you should do well the question of Mr. Morris. These fellas been in most every jail in the whole Southwest. Be careful what you say, senor. That's true, and you know it is. Is it true, Cisco? It is true that Pancho and I have been in jails. Oh, I should have known it. Yes, senorita, but every time we escape... No, 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 Pancho. Huh? Senor, senorita, Pancho means we were wrongly arrested. See, see, we escape all the time. <laughs> Here's your answer, Mr. Morris. But until you hand me that deed, none of my land belongs to you. You mean without the deed, we can't prove we bought that land? What? That's right. Oh. Hold it, Patterson. Got his deed back. What? <laughs> Did you hear that, Senor Morris? Senorita? Something about Ed Patterson. I didn't get the rest of it. Neither did I. You heard it, Senor Patterson. I, uh, uh, no, no, I didn't hear a thing. Uh, when you find that deed, Morris, I'll be over in Adobe City. You can reach me there. Senorita, can you get that parrot to repeat anything? No, not till he gets ready to. He may say something once and never say it again, but I don't see what he's got to do with this. He has a great deal to do with him. He is the only one who can solve this matter, if he will.
done pretty easy, Ed. Getting property back, you've already made $3,000, huh? Yeah, yeah, but when I was talking with the Morrises over at the depot in Dixon Flats, that parrot fired my own words right back in my face. What words, Ed? What are you talking about? You remember, Gus, just after I took the deed out of the old man's suitcase, what I said? The knows I do. I said old Ed Patterson's got his deed back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be a local maverick if that bird didn't squawk out them same words right in front of me and the Morrises and Cisco and that other sidewinder. The parrot said that? Yeah, sure as you're born, Gus. I heard him all right. I let on I didn't. Worst of all, Cisco heard him. Then the only thing to do is kill the parrot. That's what I gotta do. The Morrises are staying at Matthew's place. As soon as I get these papers filled out, we'll ride over and buy that parrot. I don't know why I agreed to ride over here with you, Cisco. That parrot probably won't talk. You never do when you want him to. But, Sheriff, even if the parrot does not talk, the fact that Senor Patterson comes to buy that bird will mean something, will it not? How would it? Might mean that he has a very guilty conscience. <laughs> Got to be more than just a guilty conscience to hold water in court, Cisco. You know that. Nevertheless, I think you will not be sorry you came. Ah, uh, here. Oh, no. And there's the senorita. What is this, senorita? What is this, senorita? Oh, it's you two. And who's the gentleman with you? This is Sheriff Dobbs, senorita Morris. How do you do, Miss Morris? I'm very sorry, Sheriff, that I haven't proof enough to ask you to arrest these men. Well, now, ma'am, I don't know. I, I've known these two hombres a long, long time, and I've never yet known them to steal anything. You know our story, then? I know what Cisco's told me. That's one side of it. If Dad was here, he might help me tell our side of it. But he rode out with the Matthews to look again at that property we thought was ours. We are here to try to help you believe we did not take that deed, senorita. You are going to have visitors very shortly, and... Oh... There is dust in the distance. He's just close. Maybe these are the two hombres. Senorita, when these men get here, take them into the room where the parrot is. I don't see why I should... You've got a nerve... Senorita, please. There is no time to waste words. The sheriff and Pancho and I will be in the next room listening. Yeah, I'd string along with Cisco if I was you, ma'am. He most always knows what he's doing. Well, if you say so, sheriff, all right. But I don't understand this at all. Gracias, senorita. Keep them in the room talking as long as you can. Come, sheriff. Come, Pancho. We'll record in the house. Good afternoon, miss. This is Gus Linson. Howdy, ma'am. Hello. What can I do for you? Well, I, uh, I'd kind of like to talk to you about that parrot of yours, miss. Very well. Come in. Well, thank you. Sit down, won't you? Thanks. Now, what about my parrot? Well, I, I've kind of took a fancy to that bird, miss. I, I'd like to own him. He's not for sale, Mr. Patterson. <laughs> I, uh, didn't figure he would be. Unless I could make the price attractive. He's a fine-looking bird, man. Good talker, too. How do you know? Well, I, uh, I mean, I guess... Shut up, Gus. I'll give you $50 gold for that bird. No. $75. My gracious, Mr. Patterson. He isn't worth $75. Well, I, I know that, but the value of a thing lies in how much a man's willing to give for it. $75. He's not for sale. I'll tell you what I'll do, uh... I'll give you $200 cash. Really, Mr. Patterson, that's not sensible. Why do you want him that much? Well, I told you why. Here, here's your money right here. No. Well, now, look here. Oh, Ed 
never soon got his deed back. That settles it. I'll ring that blasted bird's neck. Oh, you will not try to stop me. I will. This may stop you. Your pardon, senorita, these must be. I'll get the parrot and find it in you, hombre. Why'd you like that parrot now? Take it. All right, all right, just call that up. Yes, 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 sir. Ed? Ed, what'd that parrot mean by saying that? How do I know? The only way you can learn, Sheriff, is by hearing people say the words. Patterson must have taken that deed. I think when your father comes back, senorita, you will know why Senor Patterson wanted that deed back. It kind of looks bad for you, Ed. You come on with me. I'm going to get to the bottom of this matter plumb quick. You won't blame me too much, will you, Cisco? Blame you, senorita? Of course not. It was a natural mistake. The evidence was against Pancho and me. I'm terribly sorry just to say... Oh, do not be sorry. There is nothing to be sorry for. Let us be glad instead. Glad that the hombre Patterson confessed and returned the deed to your father. I'm so happy about that. Ah, you are now rich, senorita, with all that gold your father found on your land. You and Pancho should have a share of that, Cisco. Gracias, but Pancho and I have no need for gold. I never met anybody like you, Cisco. Oh, everyone is different, even Oswald. Yes, Oswald, bless his heart. I wouldn't sell him for a million dollars. I mean that. I believe you, senorita. There are many things that gold cannot buy. Yes, Cisco. The sunrise in the morning, the sunset at night. Yes. Smile on a senorita's lips and in her eyes. Yes, Cisco. And perhaps... Perhaps what? The touch of a senorita's lips. Well? Like this. Senorita. Quiet, Oswald. Just go busy. Cisco. Si, Pancho. What? you might do. Oh, he is a genealogist, amigo. He a geni what? A genealogist. Huh? That means he can trace down your family tree. Pancho, I got a family tree, Cisco. Pancho, family all born on the ground. Family tree is only a way of speaking, Pancho. Huh? Uh, to say it another way, Senor Morris can tell who you, your father, and your grandfather sprang from. Senor Morris tell who my grandfather Manuel sprang from? Si, amigo. Oh, but Cisco. See? My grandfather Manuel. <laughs> Very fierce man. I cannot help how fierce he was, Pancho. Senor Morris can still tell you who he sprang from. Then Senor Morris not tell the truth, Cisco. Oh, why does he not tell the truth? Because my grandfather Manuel so fierce. See? He never sprang from anyone. He always sprang at them. Oh, Pancho. Oh, Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> And so ends another exciting adventure with O. Henry's famous Robin Hood of the West, 
The Cisco Kid. to listen again for another thrilling adventure of the Cisco Kid. Cisco Kid was played by Jack Mather. Poncho by Harry Lang. Stay tuned for Our Miss Brooks next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for the staff of Madison High to provoke several laughs as we hear the story of babysitting for three. Our Miss Brooks next on Theater of the Mind. Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden. Although Our Miss Brooks teaches English at Madison High, her problems like those of any other teacher aren't always confined to purely scholastic ones. There's Mr. Philip Boynton, for instance, a biology teacher of whom Miss Brooks is extremely fond. And who, in return, lavishes his affection upon his frogs and guinea pigs. <laughs> there have been other problems, too. A perfect example of what I'm talking about occurred last Sunday. A grand illustration of what can happen when you let a little softness of the heart spread to your head. The day started off innocently enough when my landlady, Mrs. Davis, Knocks on my door around 9.30 in the morning. Connie. Oh, Connie. Get up, Connie. It's 9.30. Oh, come on in, Mrs. Davis. Oh, I don't like to disturb you like this on Sunday. Oh, that's all right, Mrs. Davis. I've been up. Since when? Since you said, Connie, oh, Connie, get up, Connie. It's 9.30. <laughs> well, I got your note to wait you, dear. I'm glad you did, Mrs. Davis. I've got to do a little checking today on one of my pupils who's been absent all week, Eddie Garson. But, Connie, today's Sunday. I know, Mrs. Davis, but Eddie's always had such a good record of attendance. I just can't understand it. His mother hasn't answered any of my notes, and by tomorrow, Mr. Conklin will send a truant officer after him. I'm going over to his house today and investigate. It's very nice of you to take such an interest in the boy, Connie. Well, I feel it's my duty to go to Eddie's home, Mrs. Davis. He's always been a good student, well-behaved, with a fine character, and he lives four doors for Mr. Boynton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Connie, did Mr. Boynton ask you for a date? Well, how could he, Mrs. Davis? I haven't asked him to yet. <laughs> But if I can straighten out Eddie Garson in a hurry, I might accidentally run into Mr. Boynton. I'm perfectly willing to meet him halfway. Of course, if his door opens outward, I'm liable to get a broken nose. <laughs> but I understand that Mr. Boynton likes to take his Sunday morning constitutional by himself. Well, that's what's nice about a constitutional. You can always amend it. <laughs> <laughs> Coming. Miss Brooks. May I come in, Eddie? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Sit down, Miss Brooks. Thank you, Eddie. 
I'm glad to see you're not sick. I came over to find out why you haven't been in school all week. Well, frankly, Miss Brooks, I've been pretty busy. Oh, well, I guess I can go home now. You know, it's no joke trying to raise kids. Kids? You're only 14 years old yourself. Well, that's what makes it so tough. Oh, well, I guess I can go home now. <laughs> I've been taking care of my kid brothers, Miss Brooks. You see, my father's on the road and my mother's in the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry, Eddie. Is there anything I can do to help? Oh, there sure is, Miss Brooks. Mom's over in the Clay City Hospital, and I'd like to hitch a ride out and see her today. If there was only someone to stay with the kids. Well, you will? Oh, gee, that's wonderful, Miss Brooks. Hey, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike. Hey, Jesse, come here. What do you want, Eddie? Yeah, this is Miss Brooks. She's my English teacher at school. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, glad to know you, too, Mike. <laughs> and this is Danny. Say hello to Miss Brooks, Danny. Hello. <laughs> now, there won't be any trouble at all, Miss Brooks. In fact, they'll give you all the help you need. Help? Well, yeah, with Tommy, the baby. Help? <laughs> well, I'll be running along now. I'll be home in time for dinner. Thanks a million. So long. Well, here we are. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> well, you'll have to wait. <laughs> Oh, on second thought, maybe you two other two better wait. <laughs> oh, quiet, baby. Nice, baby. Your mother will be home soon. Oh, dear. How does your mother keep him quiet? You gotta tell him a story. Yeah, you gotta tell him a story. All right, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> Once upon a time... <laughs> he heard that one. <laughs> He's pretty blasé for a child his age Anyway, once there were three bears You want to tell that old chestnut? <laughs> Give her a chance, Danny She might put a switch on it And so Snow White and the Prince Lived happily ever after I'm glad for him I wonder why Eddie ain't home you wonder why Eddie ain't home. Some English teacher. <laughs> you know, I never in my life hit a child, and this is the first time I ever wondered why. <laughs> Eddie should have been back by now, though. It's after seven. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> I'll get you something to eat and drink in a minute. <laughs> Quiet, Tommy. Now, once there was a girl named Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, great. Whose father was a traveling salesman. <laughs> and the glass slipper hit right over Cinderella's foot. Ooh, well, thank goodness they're all asleep. Now, if I only knew where Eddie was. Oh, shh. Hello? Oh, Miss Brooks. Well, gee, I had a wonderful visit with my mother, thanks to you. Oh, I'm glad, Eddie, but where are you now? Well, I'm still in Clay City, Miss Brooks, with some friends and mothers. The doctor said she can go home tomorrow, and if you'll just stay with the kids overnight... Oh, but, Eddie, I haven't got any, uh... We're one of mothers. Well, gee, I... <laughs> I sure appreciate this, Miss Brooks. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, well, it's in a good cause. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Once there were three little pigs Heard that one He's pretty blasé for a child his age Anyway, once there were three bears You want to tell that old chestnut? <laughs> Give 
give her a chance, Danny. She might put a switch on it. And so, Snow White and the Prince lived happily ever after. I'm glad for them. I wonder why Eddie ain't home. You wonder why Eddie ain't home? Some English teacher. <laughs> you know, I never in my life hit a child, and this is the first time I ever wondered why. <laughs> Eddie should have been back by now, though. It's after seven. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> well, I'll get you something to eat and drink in a minute. <laughs> Quiet, Tommy. Now, once there was a girl named Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, great. Whose father was a traveling salesman. <laughs> and the glass slipper fit right over Cinderella's foot. Ooh, well, thank goodness they're all asleep. Now, if I only knew where Eddie was. Oh, shh. Hello? Hello, Miss Brooks. Well, gee, I had a wonderful visit with my mother, thanks to you. Oh, I'm glad, Eddie, but where are you now? Well, I'm still in Clay City, Miss Brooks, with some friends and mothers. The doctor said she can go home tomorrow, and if you'll just stay with the kids overnight... Oh, but, Eddie, I haven't got any, uh... We're one of mothers. Well, gee, <laughs> I sure appreciate this, Miss Brooks. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, well, it's in a good cause. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Once there were three little pigs. Well, let's not bring personalities into this. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Well, come on, drop the other shoe. <laughs> That's better. Now, once there was a big giant. Oh, what a horrible night. Let's see now. I better see what's in the kitchen before a hungry, thirsty, and screamy wake up. Oh, there's not a thing in the cupboard. I better call Mrs. Davis. If they'll only stay quiet for a few more minutes. Hello. Hello, Mrs. Davis. This is Connie. Connie, I've been worried sick. Where in the world have you been? I have no time to explain now, but I want you to do me a favor. When Walter Denton comes by to take me to school, send him over to 225 Park Street. 225 Park Street? Yes, Mrs. Davis. I can't make it to school today. But, Connie... I'll tell you all about it when I see you. This is mysterious. Not going to school on Monday morning. I'd better call Mr. Conklin. I'll... Just tell him that Connie is sick and... Hello? Hello. Is that you, Osgood? This is Mr. Conklin speaking. Oh. Yes. <laughs> this is Margaret Davis Osgood, and I just want to tell you that Miss Brooks won't be in school today. She doesn't feel well. Doesn't feel well? What's the matter with her? I really don't know, Osgood. I just know she's quite indisposed. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Mrs. Davis. You always get indisposed on Monday. <laughs> What's that, Osgood? Tell Miss Brooks to take care of herself. Goodbye. She didn't sound very concerned. If I were you, Connie, I wouldn't go in until I... Well, who am I talking to? She's not even home. (laughs) 
Miss Brooks? As soon as I send one of my students to the store, Mike. You playing hooky today, Miss Brooks? I guess I'll have to until your brother Eddie comes home. Hey, that reminds me. I better call Mr. Conklin. What do I tell him? I can't explain about Eddie on the phone. Besides, there's no proof of his story until his mother comes back. I wish you'd talk to us for a while. You're making me very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Danny. I know what I'll do. I'll make believe I'm Mrs. Davis and tell him I'm sick. Hello? Hello, Mr. Conklin. This is Mrs. Davis. Margaret? Yes, I just wanted to tell you that Miss Brooks doesn't feel very well. What's the matter? Is she taking a turn for the worse? Who? Miss Brooks. <laughs> yes? Oh, well, that is, she's no worse than she's ever been. <laughs> Have you had a doctor? Yes, but how did you know she was sick? just told me a few minutes ago. I did? Oh, of course I did. Well, I'm, I'm terribly upset about this. Now, for heaven's sake, Margaret, don't go to pieces. Oh, quiet, Margaret. I mean, Tommy. I mean, oh, I'll be all right. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Conklin. I wish my mother was here. I want my mother. Starring Eve Arden will continue in just a moment. But first, here is Vern Smith with an important announcement. Palm Olive Soap is giving away prizes worth $67,000. A grand prize of $25,000 in one lump sum or $100 a month for life. And that's not all. There are over 2,000 prizes in Palm Olive's big treasure chest contest. Ford sedan, Westinghouse laundromat, from Silver Fox Guard, Toast Master Toaster. And it's easy to enter. Complete the last line of this jingle. A fresher, brighter looking skin is something I would like to win. I'll get Palm Olive Soap today. Da 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 da. Write your last line on a plain sheet of paper or use an official entry blank giving complete rules obtainable at your dealers. Include your own and dealer's name and address and mail with the big word Palm Olive from the front of the wrapper of one regular and one bath size cake of Palm Olive soap to Palm Olive, Box 92, New York 8, New York. Now here's the jingle once more. A fresher, brighter looking skin is something I would like to win. I'll get Palm Olive soap today. Da 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 da. Mail your entry to Palm Olive, Box 92, New York 8, New York. But hurry, your last chance. Contest closes next Saturday. Get Palm Olive soap for a lovelier complexion. Remember, doctors prove Palm Olive's beauty results. <laughs> Back to Our Miss Brooks, where we find Walter Denton and Harriet Conklin listening to the radio in Walter's car. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes our newscast from our nation's capital. I think they're going to give another clue to the $18,000 contest on Sing It Again. Okay, Harriet. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is your extra clue to the Phantom Voice on the CBS Sing It Again program. At camp, his father was a king who spent some time at lumbering. Okay, Walter, you can turn it off now. Boy, I'd sure like to win those prizes. At camp, his father was a king. So what was the second line, Harriet? The second line? Da-da, 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 da-da. Oh. 
It was nice of you to give me a ride this morning, Walter. Oh, that's all right, Harriet. If I were the principal's daughter and you were me, you'd give me a ride if my father drove off to school early in the morning without me this morning, wouldn't you? <laughs> you mean the only reason you stopped for me is because of my father? Oh, of course, that's not what I mean. I, I thought you might want to ride over and pick up Miss Brooks with me. Mrs. Davis was pretty mysterious about her. Said she hadn't been home all night. Well, where did Mrs. Davis say Miss Brooks was, Walter? 225 Park Street. Park Street? Doesn't Mr. Boynton live on Park Street? Yeah, come to think of it, he does. <laughs> Walter, remember that picture we saw last week? The one called Her Other Life? Yeah, Harriet. Maybe Miss Brooks has another life. Oh, no. She might even be secretly married. Miss Brooks? Married? To who? <laughs> Why, to Mr. Boynton, of course. I don't be silly, Harriet. Mr. Boynton doesn't like girls. He likes frogs. <laughs> well, it's a wonder I didn't think of it before. Why, they might even have a family by now. Well, just like a woman, always giving people families. <laughs> well, this is Park Street, and there's Miss Brooks in front of that house. Hiya, Miss Brooks. Here we are. Hello, Walter. Harriet, I'm glad you could... Harriet? I didn't know you'd be along, but now that you are, I've got to take you into my confidence. Harriet, can you keep a secret? Oh, certainly, Miss Brooks. Even from your father? Especially from my father. Oh, good. Then I don't want either of you to mention that you saw me here. You see, I told Mr. Conklin that I was sick, and, well, I'll explain it all later, but right now you've got to go to the grocery store for me. But what is it you're going to explain later, Miss Brooks? That's the secret, Walter. Just take this list and this money and have them send these groceries out as soon as possible. The address is right on the bottom of the list. Well, okay, Miss Brooks, but there sure is something funny going on. Why, there's nothing funny about it at all, Walter. Good day, Miss Brooks, and, and give my regards to the children. Thank you, Harriet, I will. What? <laughs> Now, do you believe me, Walter? Look at this order we've just given. Four bottles of milk, one dozen cans of strained vegetables, two chocolate milkshake bars, a large box of pablum, and some swieback. That sure is suspicious, all right. Nobody eats swieback if they're not married. <laughs> <laughs> Look who just came into the store, Walter. Oh, it's Mr. Boynton. Hiya, Mr. Boynton. Oh, it's Walter Gentleman Harriet. How are you today? We're fine, Mr. Boynton. How are you all? Oh, well, as could be expected, we're anticipating a blessed event at any time now. Another one? Oh, yes. Of course, Patricia has quite a big family now. She's even changing her name. Oh, yes. Patricia's one of my favorite frogs. Oh. <laughs> those, uh, those bundles look pretty heavy, Walter. Can I give you a hand with one of them? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Mr. Boynton. We just bought them for a miss. Brooks. Miss Brooks? Well, why didn't she come down herself? Well, she looked pretty upset when we saw her last, Mr. Boynton. Here, you better take both of these bundles and get right over there. Me? But get right over where? I guess you never heard of 225 Park Street. Park Street? I live on Park Street. Harriet, he says he lives on Park Street. <laughs> well, come along, Walter. We'll be late to school. Don't worry, Mr. Boynton. Your secret is safe with us. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. (laughs) 
of Sleeping Beauty was waiting, Prince Charming came to her door. Come in, Prince. Uh, oh, it's the doorbell. <laughs> I guess you got carried away by the story. It should happen to me. <laughs> At last, the groceries. Uh, hello, Miss Brooks. And Mr. Boynton right behind them. Come in, won't you? He's a big one, ain't he? <laughs> ain't he? There she goes again. Uh, Miss Brooks, who, who are these? These uh... Children will do, High Pocket. <laughs> oh, they're, they're terribly bright. Now, boys, run to the kitchen and play with the meat cleaver until lunch is ready. <laughs> All right. Well, please make it snappy, because I'm hungry. And I'm thirsty. Oh, did you have to turn that on? Oh, excuse me, Mr. Boynton. There, there, little baby. There. Oh, I guess I'll have to pick him up. No. Uh, Miss Brooks, I don't want to pry, but where did all these children come from? Why, any biology teacher knows that. The stork. <laughs> What, what I mean is, whose are they? Well, they're the children of Eddie Garson, who's a student of mine's mother. <laughs> what? Which their father is a traveling salesman. <laughs> Brooks, uh, I'm, I'm afraid you're upset. Oh, well, of course I am. You'd be upset, too, if you had breakfast crying and three children cooking on the stove. <laughs> Well, isn't there anything I can do to help? Yes, there certainly is, Mr. Boyden. You can help me get this house tidied up before Eddie brings his mother home from the hospital. Oh, but, Miss Brooks, I've got to go to school. You're smart enough now. <laughs> In some ways. <laughs> Call Mr. Conklin and tell him you're ill. But I'm, I'm not ill. Now, stick around a while. Your chances will improve. <laughs> well, I don't know what this is all about, Miss Brooks, but if you're in trouble... The... Well, the least I can do is stand by and lend a hand. Give that boy a box of merit badges and two tickets to the next Olympic Games. Thank you. <laughs> no doubt you're wondering why I summoned you two to my office, Harriet. Well, yes, Mr. Conklin. We... I was speaking to my daughter. Harriet? Yes, Daddy. There's something strange going on in this school today. First, Mrs. Davis calls to tell me that Miss Brooks is sick. Twice. Then Mr. Boynton calls, tells me he won't be able to come to school today because he's expecting an illness. <laughs> and then, while I was conducting both their classes, I catch my own daughter receiving a note from this... This... Scallywag? <laughs> from this Scallywag. Thank you, Denton. <laughs> Hand over the note, Harriet. But... The note? That's better. Hmm. Dear Harriet, whatever you do, don't let the cat out of the bag about meeting you-know-who in the grocery store and sending him where we did. We don't want to get Miss You-know-who in trouble. After all, we have no proof that those little you-know-whos are hers. <laughs> Nor are we positive that 225 Park Street is a love nest. You-know-who? Love nest? What's the meaning of this, Harriet? Well, oh, you wouldn't want me to betray a confidence, would you, Father? Yeah, you wouldn't want her to do that, would you, Father? Uh, Mr. Conklin? Quiet. I'll find out what's going on at 225 Park Street. Well, 
Mr. Boynton, did you enjoy your lunch? Oh, yes, indeed, Miss Brooks. And you know something? Seeing you taking care of those children and then tucking them in for their nap after lunch made me feel that this is where you belong. Miss Brooks, did you ever think of giving up your career as a teacher? Why, Mr. Boynton? I mean it. I've been thinking it over all morning, and, well, I've got another sort of career in mind for you. You have? Yes, Miss Brooks, I have. Why don't you become a governess? <laughs> oh. Well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Boynton. I'll become a governess when you become a governor. <laughs> oh, it's been fun trying to help you out this morning, Miss Brooks. I hope I have been of some assistance with the children. Oh, you've been a tremendous help, Mr. Boynton. They would never have gone to bed so quickly if you hadn't told them that fascinating story about the African tsetse fly. <laughs> oh, it, it was nothing, really. Nothing, he said. It had everything. Humor, pathos, sleeping sickness. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I'd, I'd like to wash the luncheon dishes. No, no, you sit right where you are, Miss Brooks. I'm going to do those luncheon dishes myself. Oh, but Mr. Boyd... No, no, I'll have them done in a jiffy. Picture you upon my knee. Just okay. Oh, I hope that's Eddie and his mother. Be right there. We will raise a family, a boy for you, a girl for me. Oh! <laughs> Conklin. What's going on here, Miss Brooks? I was under the impression that you were sick. I was. I am. <laughs> uh, what a coincidence. You're meeting me here at the doctor's. <laughs> Did you say the doctor's? He's an obstetrician. What? I don't think I helped my case any. Well, everything's all set, Miss Brooks. I just... Mr. Conklin! Good afternoon, Mr. Boynton. I suppose you're here visiting the doctor, too. Oh, of course. He's expecting tadpoles. <laughs> it's, it's my sinuses, Mr. Conklin. Oh, well, you've certainly come to the right place for treatment. An obstetrician should do them a world of good. Now, see here, you two. I know this is no doctor's office. You know what I think? I think you two are secretly married, and this is your love nest. Love nest? Love nest? Love nest? Love nest? Who are these? What? Are... Where did they come now, now, from? Now, please, Mr. What? Conklin, remember your blood pressure. Oh. He turns an interesting color, doesn't he? Now, see here, you little... I, I don't know what you are or who you are or... <laughs> Oh, please. You're like when I was silent pictures. <laughs> Get back in your room, you two. Sit down, Mr. Conklin, and take it easy. But, Miss Brooks, you promised us another story. Get back in your room, or I will kill you. <laughs> Come on, Mike. He's turned on us. Oh, now, please let me explain, Mr. Conklin. Very well, Miss Brooks. Everyone's entitled to a hearing before he's hanged. <laughs> That's what I like, an open mind. Now, you see, sir, Mr. Boynton and I were just taking care of these children until their mother comes back from the hospital. That's right, Mr. Conklin. It, it was an emergency. Yes. That's all well and good, but why did you lie to me? Well, it would have been hard to explain on the phone, Mr. Conklin. And besides, I didn't want Eddie Garson to get in trouble. He's been absent all week taking care of his little brother. A very touching story, Miss Brooks. I don't doubt that your motives were of the highest, but I can't run a school that way. Miss Brooks? Unless you're in your classroom for the afternoon session, you had better look elsewhere for employment. Oh, that must be Eddie now. I'll get it. Eddie, I thought you'd never get... 
Where's your mother? Well, she's paying the cab, Miss Brooks. She'll be right in. The doctor says she's fine. Oh, good. Then she'll be able to take care of her family again, and I can get back to school. Oh, oh no, you can't, Miss Brooks. We need you more than ever now. Look, in this blanket here, a brand new baby brother. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a governess named Connie Brooks. <laughs> Eve Arden as our Miss Brooks returns in just a moment. But first... Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful, luster cream girl. Tonight, show him how much lovelier your hair can look after a luster cream shampoo. Only luster cream brings you K. Dumas' magic formula blend of secret ingredients plus gentle lanolin. Gives loveliness lather even in hardest water. Glamorizes your hair as you wash it. Luster Cream. Not a soap, not a liquid, but a dainty cream shampoo. Leaves hair fragrantly clean, free of loose dandruff, glistening with sheen. Soft, manageable. Gives new beauty to all hairdos or permanent. Four-ounce jar, one dollar. Smaller sizes, either tubes or jars. Tonight, try Luster Cream Shampoo. And be a dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl. You owe your crowning glory to a luster cream shampoo. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, I couldn't afford to lose my job at school, and yet I hated to leave Mrs. Garson in the lurch. So I did the only thing possible under the circumstances. I got somebody to help out in my place. Before I left for the afternoon sessions, I gave a few last-minute instructions. Uh, now, be sure the formula isn't too hot, and don't be stingy with the talcum powder. Any other questions? What should I do with the safety pins when they're not in use? <laughs> but with a baby this age, you won't have that problem. Goodbye, Mr. Conklin. <laughs> Next week, tune in to another Our Miss Brooks show brought to you by Palmolive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, dream girl hair. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written and directed by Al Lewis with music by Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Boynton was played by Jeff Chandler. Mr. Conklin by Gail Gordon. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crenna, Gloria McMillan, Tommy Cook, Sandra Gould, Bobby Ellis, and Jeff Silver. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's the Black Museum, followed by A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.